The following program is a production of All the Way Live Entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Jacqueline Can receive this transmission. I will master the game of life and lead the way. Join the, the ride with line. You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! Another great interview that we have uh, featuring a WOW, well, I guess we call them superheroes now, I was about to say superstar, but that's, I guess that's more of a WWE thing, so another WOW superhero, or former WOW superhero, Jacqueline Hyde will be on the show, and we're going to talk to her about all things that she went through as a, a superhero on the WOW roster. Before we go into doing that, I have to say... Uh, for those who have not done so, go hit us up on Facebook. Find uh, the Women's Pro Wrestling Network, all one word, and uh, join the fans that have uh, begun to support us thus far. You'll be able to keep up with all the, all the things that we have happening, all the posts, uh, the news as it relates to women's wrestling on, on various fronts, whether that be WWE, Impact Wrestling, and the Independent Circuit. We try to... Uh, uh, stick our two cents in for those things so you definitely want to go on there and just uh like the page or follow the page at very least if you haven't done so on twitter go on to wpn wrestling on twitter same thing on instagram wpn wrestling and uh give us some support there because you know the the more support that this uh entity that we do gets the more that we're able to to uh, give back, we're we're able to keep the shows for free. We're able to to give you more content. We're able to give you matches, interviews, uh, kind of the docu series that we have with the uh, the series called Introducing. Uh, we heard some really good stuff about that, and it's been a lot of work that's been going into that. So uh, the more we we're able to get the numbers to kind of back that up the more we're able to give uh, more content out there for you that you don't even have to worry about paying for it. So that's that's a, that's a pretty good deal there. Uh, so there you go. Go to uh, Facebook.com. Look up the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. Go to Twitter. Go WPN Wrestling. And uh, Instagram, WPN Wrestling. That's, that's that. Anyway, I know what you're tuned in for, and we don't want to hold it up any longer than necessary. So... It is the interview with the wild superhero Jacqueline Hyde right here on the Women's Pro Wrestling Network's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. The promotion of WOW continues to try and revamp its brand for a new season and new tapings. 
In the meanwhile, in podcast land, the Women's Pro Wrestling Network is providing you the information about why that you can't hear anywhere else with exclusive interviews that have given up more information and knowledge about WOW than any other source in, I would say, the last decade. Pat on the back for me. Tonight is no different as we've gotten in touch with yet another star of the WOW promotion slash television show. She portrayed the deranged escapee of a mental hospital who wrestled on the side. Not sure how that works, but we're going to find out. My guest on the show is Vanya. I hope I'm going to pronounce his last name correctly. Marina Kovic. Marin Kovic. Is that his? Vanya Marinkovic. Marinkovic. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. But better known to me yeah. and the world as Jacqueline Hyde. Woo! That's right. Cue the, <laughs> cue the applause and all that good stuff. Vanya, how are you? <laughs> I am good. I feel great today. I'm glad to be alive and just I'm happy to be up this bright-eyed and bushy-tailed in the morning. Uh, for Atlanta time and the rest of the world time. <laughs> well, for for Atlanta time, we're we're about noon. Yeah, I mean, I know it's it's the, the morning time for you. It should be about nine twenty, nine thirty or something. So yeah, yeah. I, I guess this this is early morning. I'm used to saying tonight, but we're actually doing this in in the uh, morning time for those that are listening to this. And, and I want to be technical. Yeah, this this is a uh, morning podcast, and we're gonna go off into her time in the business and a little bit of stuff that she's done outside of it and i guess you really can't go much further backwards than to say what were you doing previous to uh getting involved with the women of wrestling okay wow that's loaded that's that a loaded, loaded question well, well we'll say uh directly before how about that you want to minimize okay. that a little bit all right all right. Um, I've been in the full-time type gig working with autistic people. Woo! Okay. Um, in the San Fernando Valley. But I've been doing things like as far as maybe in a sense prepping for something like WOW. Well, guess what? I was almost religiously watching uh, WCW and WWF, uh, then WWF, me and my roommates. We would get a lot of anger out watching it. We loved Stone Cold Steve Austin. We hated The Rock. Love Mankind, Undertaker. I know at the time, we just, Rock was kind of new on the scene. We, he was so cocky. We would crazy boo him. And, you know, but so I think just the love of it helped me because I loved it so much. And it, you know, as a kid, I didn't love it that much. But I just loved it as a younger adult. And, and then I'd been training in judo, a little bit of karate, but you know, I'd been doing some short films and a couple appearances here and there. I was uh, at that time getting to be a vocal, uh, uh, training vocally. And so a few appearances with singing, but so here and there, I had a lot of different angles in the entertainment industry, not necessarily all lucrative, but hey, you know, it's not all about money. I know. But there, there were definitely a lot of different brackets of the industry, whether it was singing or learning the, the stage fighting, you know. Okay. <laughs> so all around. And then autistic people were violent, so kind of helped to doubly learn how to protect yourself. Ooh, so you call them violent? Well, you know, uh, <laughs> it's actually... Um, it's okay. 
uh, it's actually interesting because I, a coworker of mine has an autistic child. And um, well, I should say she, she's a host on a local television show that happens to air at, at my uh, station. And uh, she actually got involved in MMA because of that. That that, oh. is, that is the absolute truth. Uh, because her, you know, her child at this point, I mean, even though uh, he's grown, you know, he he was he won't behave that way on all occasions, as I'm sure that you would know. And because yeah. uh, certain things may set him off, she she uh, needed to be able to restrain. But now the the and that's, that's using like a portion of, of the uh, MMA that she does. I mean, it's not like she goes off and beat him up. So let let me you know clarify for people <laughs> that's out there. Don't get the wrong impression. That is not what she does. She just needed to be because he's a much bigger uh, guy. She needed to be able to restrain him in those situations. But because that that yeah. that was her route into MMA, she she now has become like an outlet for. Her. But that, that was the uh, initial beginning of it, learning the grappling and how to uh, kind of control and uh, subdue the body. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. And absolutely, a lot of people don't know much about autism. There are different, there's different levels. You know, there's the, what's that, Asperger's. But we worked with, uh, I mean, kind of higher functioning adults, but some were lower functioning, but some of them tend to be very violent. Um, you know, but my roommate and I that loved wrestling worked with one very wonderful woman that was actually very artistic. And I think she actually helped me with my writing. Um, so I had mentioned that, that I loved, I think above everything, though I might, I may be operatically inclined, and I'm tough, and I've had fighting experience, um, Really, and I love comedy and satire. Really, at the base of my heart is I'm a writer, and having lived with the, this autistic woman before WOW started, I think she really, really inspired me to write. Okay. So forget about being held up by two LAPD squad cars because her and another autistic woman decide to beat each other up in North Hollywood, you know, outside of some of the altercations, I really honed in on my craft. So, yeah, but this is what I was doing before. Wow. You know, a little bit of everything working uh, and some entertainment industry stuff. Okay. So, you know, if we can rope your your, uh, on-screen character into this, you are a Jacqueline of all trades. Yes. Yes, that's a perfect uh, analogy. That's a poor pun, but you know, I can't. I can't really say jack of all trades in this case. So, so you know, we'll we'll just go with Jacqueline. Yeah, I know it's a bad joke. Sorry, so, anybody that's listening. Sorry about that. I'm not known for doing horrible jokes, but anyway. Uh, coming off of that, being a writer, being a you know stunt fighter. Uh, doing comedy and, and stage fighting and, and so on and so forth. I mean, just really doing everything in the uh, entertainment spectrum. How did those things, or maybe it didn't, but how did you uh, bridge yourself over into WOW uh, doing what you're doing? I mean, because really being in the medical field, which does sound like what you were, didn't, that doesn't sound like that would really lead you into uh, television wrestling. 
Okay. Well, um, and that wasn't, it was more the social services, human services, because we weren't, uh, we were caregivers. Okay. So the, 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 the autistic individuals we worked with didn't necessarily have medical, like urgent medical needs. It was a transition from psych ward for some of them. Ooh, that was not politically correct. Uh, some of them had been in transitional like, homes and then some originally were, yeah, in a state, you know, but then the state of California transitioned them into homes, uh, into their own individual home. And, and then that's where me and my roommate came in to take care of one lady. But as far as, yeah, I understand what you're saying that this won't, this isn't, you know, as far as say something like, wow, women are wrestling, I've been, um, over time in L.A., um, I got to L.A. a little after the L.A. riots, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people got there, right? Yeah. Either they live there or you have to get there sometime, and and tragedy happens. And my dad lived close to where that was. But then after I lived with him for a while, I moved to the Valley. But when I first got to L.A., I signed up for some of the extras casting agencies. But I had higher hopes than just background acting. So I solicited agents, but I, um, as far the big tool that I found that helped actors before internet was the Backstage West, and I think I might have ultimately saw an ad in there for Wow Women Are Wrestling call. Originally, I sent my headshot. Can you believe that? Just U.S. Postal Mail, Postal <laughs> Mail. Uh oh, that was a Freudian slip. I'm sorry. You mean you but, didn't? Uh, no email. You, you know you gotta explain. You know, uh, email was not a wasn't a big thing there, kids. Sorry. Yeah. You know, every once in a while, I, have to, <laughs> I even have to explain to my own that yeah, Daddy didn't have the benefit of a of a email his entire life. It didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How old are you? You got some kids? I you do got have some kids. Boy, girl? I have a boy and a girl. That's correct. Nice. Wow. I had a good guess. Jacqueline's <laughs> not psychic. <laughs> I won't stroke <laughs> my back. But, um, yeah, I just submitted it via ma- the mail, and then the open call was announced. And I really went all out. I wore, okay, I know Riot or... Technically, she called me out on it. I showed up in a bra. <laughs> okay. And I know that's kind of weird for someone like that got cast in my crazy character, but it was a camouflage, like army, so it kind of looked like one but didn't, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. So and then on my chest, I might have written something. You know how some wrestlers write stuff on their head or their chest, and yeah. it was like crazy things, like something crazy and then i had shorts on and then i i came in with a kind of crazy attitude so um it was a big open call and some of the girls that i know became wow wrestlers were definitely there some of them didn't come back but i guess they said at the beginning we were weeded out of thousands of girls Mm. so all right yeah so, so you... And I didn't have the um, gymnastics. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't have gymnastics background, but I got, you know, they, the girls encouraged me to train up. So so, so you got it. So, so yeah. you essentially came in with the 
crazy character on your own. It wasn't something that they just say, okay, who do who do we think you can play? Ah, let's give you the crazy woman. You, you kind of came with a prototype of that when you auditioned. I think so. I really, really do. Okay. So yeah. now was, did they build off of what you presented and say, all right, we got to find something that will will work and then Jacqueline Hyde was born or how, how did Jacqueline Hyde come about? Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, I think it was built slowly. <clears throat> um, I did come in with that sort of crazy character. I really liked the superstar mankind and undertaker because they were out there and I'm definitely known to be out there. <clears throat> But over time, uh, well, unfortunately or unfortunately, during my practice matches and in the ring, you know, training, I would do things like yell and scream maniacally. Some of the girls that I knew better would say, well, let's put it this way. Some of the girls that I didn't know so well really thought I was crazy. But the ones I knew a little better, Caliente, Juande, Cher, uh, some of them that knew that knew me a little better, maybe from Misha too, they knew I wasn't crazy. They're like, yeah, some of the girls think you're nuts, you know, but, you know, but we know it's just an act or I know it's an act, you know, but I would scream maniacally because I think I was so closed up, bottled up emotionally at the time in my life that I wasn't able to do a lot of talking from the heart. So this yelling and screaming maniacally during you know, training with other girls kind of did. It gave me a, a staple of some sort. And then over time, as I started to learn the move, some of the girls would chant, crazy girl, crazy girl. So in some senses, I could almost attribute it to the other wow women that helped to also create the character. And then one day, as we got closer to actual production dates, I believe, I don't know if it was David McLean or someone, one of his writers, but he had been handing out a few of the names and unveiling what we would be to be, and that's when he announced one of the days to us. He said, Vanya is Jacqueline Hyde. And so that's, you know, I'm not 100% sure, though, if it was him or one of his uh, a writer, which unfortunately I've forgotten, I don't have the names, and that's kind of right. slap on my wrist because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's all right, it, it happens. We'll, we'll just uh, attribute that to one of the the workers. We'll, we'll say it, one of the backstage workers that kind of helped uh, put this together. But now Jacqueline Hyde also had a little bit of a of a presentation that she had a package that she kind of came out there gimmicks if you will and, and as they refer to it in the uh wrestling industry uh came out with a doll came out with a doctor and a nurse now whose idea was it and well i guess first i need to establish who they were for those that didn't get the chance to watch wow uh jacqueline Hyde was uh, it was a nice way to present it, or she was uh, escorted. That, that's 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 a nice way to put it. She was escorted to the to the arena. Sometimes I think she was on the gurney. Sometimes she walked out from the back, and she was walked out with either Doctor Cerebellum and Nurse Mercy, or both. And uh, usually you were carrying some sort some object like a doll or a pumpkin or something like that. Now, all of these things. But for anybody that's interested, you can go online. I know um, 
Uh, in previous interviews, I said that it's probably not proper form for me to encourage people to look at WoW in a non-official capacity. But you know what the heck? If you want to watch it, it's there. Just just go and uh, search it out <laughs> on YouTube. That there is one channel. I'm not going to say his name because he's probably the only one that's going to come up. And he's got every uh, basically every episode kind of broken down. So if you want to see her and see what I'm talking about. Uh, go check that out. She, she's there. But who were Dr. Sarah Bellum? Who was Nurse Mercy? And why were you assigned these things? Was this your idea, or did they just kind of come up with that for you? Oh, okay. Like the vignette um, and the doll. I, obvi- I mean, obviously the vignette was dre- dreamed up by, dreamt up by David McLean and uh, the writer, a couple writers. And I remember hearing about that that oh yeah your shoot for this vignette is slated at a hospital and it it's it was a hospital in north hollywood somewhere but uh, not no longer a hospital mm-hmm. but boy we were it was just exciting during the shoot and and just when he unveiled it and we saw it with the girls I remember he was cussing in happiness oh i don't know if i should say that <laughs> like that's I don't know if I'm allowed. Effing great. That's effing great. He was he was repeating after you know, and so that was really awesome. But as far as the doll coming in, I'm not. You know, I'm not hundred percent. I think that I might have been the one to initiate it because they didn't know that I have this massive doll collection. Um, they didn't know that. So I had, and I know of one time I brought a mannequin head in, and that was with Hammer and Heather Steele. And so they didn't know I had all these crazy things. As far as the doctors escorting me, I'm sure that was their, you know, since it was part of the gimmick that they came up with that. I like, or Sarah Bellum, that was a very nice woman. Uh, she, she's the wife of one of the, uh, the backers. I don't know if that's politically correct to say. But she was very, was very fine. nice. I used to know, I used to her, know her name, so I've remembered some of the names. Well, well, in fairness, for anybody that's going to be like, oh, she don't remember. Look, this was what fifteen years, over fifteen years ago now. So I mean, yeah, cut us some slack. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, they, 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 I yeah, know. that was. Go ahead. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I think it's somewhere on my notes, like. Actually, a few days ago, I had to do some spring cleaning, and I have. I've got the WoW contract. I've got other, you know, just stuff from a little bit of paraphernalia, I guess, that I sifted through. But I lost a poster in Alaska of all the girls in, on our WoW poster that autographed it. And oh. I felt so bad that I lost it. When I left Alaska for Texas, I lost it. I, before I went to Tucson, I stayed in Texas for a year and a half and just did some, you know, stuff. But yeah, my WoW poster. Okay, oh, I'm going to get that over with. Yeah, okay. that, that's, yeah, that's that's heartbreaking. I mean, I know that's memories for you, but even if you didn't want to keep it, imagine the, uh, you know, the the going rate on that. Some fan out there would probably kill to have that that a signed poster from you know all the the wild girls and whatnot. I mean, that's that would yeah, it was all deal. of us. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> so, maybe, uh, maybe I'll find it one day. 
Maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's still in there so, uh, underneath some uh, some packing material. You, you never know. You might might happen upon it. Um, maybe. So, so clearly, this was not a character that was necessarily pitched to you. Uh, you, you. It was a slow evolution, as you said. Just one thing kind of led to the next, kind of led to the next. And it sounds like what they did is they tried to produce the the best character that you could portray. And Okay, that's fine. But did they also say, all right, along with this character, here's my idea, and we have uh, a storyline or an angle that we would like to see you do? Um, yeah, in a sense, but it it didn't seem not so much like an option. They just said, yeah, I mean, it morphed over time. And of course, as we got closer to production dates, it wasn't even a morphing. It was like, just slip into this fast or for anyone that needed to. But um, yeah, at first it was like, just roll with the crazy girl. And like I said, in some ways, I feel like I should be thankful to the girls. They helped to christen it as crazy girl. Uh, I guess for a while, I might have even entertained in my head that I'm going to be called the crazy girl, which, you know... <laughs> It's not a bad thing. I guess it has an edge. But then when I heard, you know, when he unveiled that specifically, mm-hmm. hey, um, I, I like it. And I think, I don't remember who, but someone might have expressed, oh, I shouldn't say bitterness, but kind of like, oh, Vanya got a built-in famous one. Because it, obviously that derives of Jekyll and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It derives of an already famous historical, uh, fictional historical figure. Yeah. So, and so and so, hey, <laughs> I wear it well. So without That's naming any names, <laughs> we we won't we won't go that far. So without naming any names, somebody actually had some some issue with the with you getting that character or at least that name. In a way, and I don't remember who it was, but it wasn't necessarily like really that bitter, but kind of like, oh, you've got uh, something built in for you, you know, that it's already famous. Yeah. So, and it was such an aside that I don't remember who, or it might have been more than one comment. It might have actually been a wrestling fan as well, because in the beginning, we did have sort of a wrestling website that we could respond to or talk to people with. And that was all new territory, obviously, for us then. But, yeah, a few people commentated that, yeah, you got a built-in famous name or how convenient, something (laughs) to that effect. Um, But I don't see it that way because I think that I lived the part. I really did live the part, fortunately or unfortunately. (laughs) <laughs> well, I guess that's that's all in how you look at it. So, but not did the writers or the Booker, uh, whichever, however, while referred to them, did they present you with, hey, all right, this is where we're going with Jacqueline Hyde. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna start you here, and we're gonna end with this. Or uh, any no storylines uh, presented to you for Jacqueline Hyde and where where she was going to go. Um, and. In a sense, there were many ones. They were more abstract. Like, um, I think, I remember for the pay-per-view, 
that I was to get very angry with Randy Rara. But, well, not, yeah, no, that was, so it was before that. So the match right before was Becky, the farmer's daughter. So uh, there were some angles where they told me my emotion, that I was upset there. It wasn't necessarily all scripted because um, the I, uh, I gave myself dialogue a few times where I knew I was going to say something, you know. And I don't know, I think back in the day, that would have been a faux pas. There's no script, man. I wanted to beat the shit, uh, the bleep out of people. You're but fine. I remember being very, okay. I was angry. I was told, I was definitely instructed to be angry with Randy Rara. And it was, it had to do with Becky, the farmer's daughter, because as you know, they're both cheerleaders. And, I say at the time, I definitely had attitude against cheerleaders. Now, now but, you talking um, about uh, yeah. Patty Pimp, or are you talking about Becky? Because I know Pimp was the Oh, well, yeah, she's a farmer. Yeah, farmer girl. Okay, yeah, it might have been Patty, Patty Pep that was in cahoots with Randy Rara. Yeah, Look that's... at that brain trying to... Trying to say Becky, the farmer's daughter's a, a cheerleader. Well, that's not so Freudian, because I... I I, you know, unfortunately, I wasn't too keen on Becky. I know she's a, probably a lovely woman now, and I think <laughs> I had some maybe inner, inner deep jealousy at that character for some reason. But um, it might have been her amazing g- gymnastics. But a lot of the women were amazing. They're amazing. Well, well, I didn't yeah. have the gymnastics background they did. But, yeah, I, I know after Patty pizzazz because she beat patty pep to patty pizzazz yeah that when i i beat her woo, and then randy rara had the nerve to come you know come up and i got really upset and i think i reverted shockingly like i looked at my body language at the end of the patty pizzazz match and i'm a little scared i'm i used to be scared my body language turned into the autistic woman that I worked with at the time. And I just wonder what the hell was going on. And I don't know if it, it wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's Randy Rara's fault, but something happened. I took on the persona of my autistic lady at the end of that match. But and that wasn't, definitely wasn't. <laughs> what? I say you took a switch, but that was the character. You, you switched in what, and out. Yeah. yeah. I switched in and out. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, now I, I did make sure that within my notes that we're going to go over the uh, the episodes and the matches that you appeared in and your opponent and, and all that stuff. Now, I'm not going to go into super detail, but just again, for those listening, I'm going to go over the, uh, the wins and losses and the storyline that seemed to be in place on the outside looking in. I'm sure you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, once once we go into the, that little section of it, but uh, one thing I did want to make sure I brought up because I I went back and I watched uh, all of these the matches that I wrote down, and it felt to me a little bit like Jacqueline Hyde was a, a bit of Teflon because of the uh, the crazy personality that the wins and losses didn't seem to make that much of a difference as it related to her because. Even when the loss happened, 
Jacqueline would do something that kind of negated it. That makes sense. <laughs> yes. I mean, where whereas great, yeah, yeah, whereas you might have say, uh, I, I just pull a name like a, a Terry Gold. For that character, the loss mattered because she was she was positioned on top. Apparently, she was the champion. So when it lost, it was a big deal. Like, oh my God, you know, Terry, Terry Gold lost, but. With Jacqueline Hyde, she can lose, and and again we we'll go over it in a in a, a little bit. Sometimes the loss was, I don't know if you would call it a mercy killing from the referee, but it was almost like I don't know what to do here. Are you giving up or not? You know, because there is one uh, one episode where Jacqueline's locked into submission, and she's like, yes, no, yeah, you know, I'm giving up. No, I'm not. So things like that kind of just negated the loss because the referee turns around like, okay, whatever. I'm, I'm calling the bell. You gave up. What, I don't care what you say. You know? Yeah, I remember that, and you're absolutely right about that. So I'm not yeah. off the mark. It, it was a... No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. Yeah, because I remember doing stuff like you're saying to negate it. Like, you know, whether afterwards hitting someone or or putting on a like putting on a scene, you know, I think I did a Vulcan mind meld with someone after. Oh, no, I had one on that. But, yeah, it was just these crazy theatrics. And, yeah, I remember that thing with the mercy, with the referee of yes, no, yes, no. And, and that, you know, and being held up right like that from Caliente in that move, that was fun, you know. <laughs> And but you're right. It was sort of, in a way, not not losing. I've never lost. <laughs> See, Jacqueline can believe that. Now you know that there is one thing because Wild gets a lot of criticism for the uh, over the top characters and kind of cartoon uh, environment that it presented, and you know the the occupations that people had that they would turn around and start wrestling like you know. I think I asked, how, how do you get a release to, to, from prison to go wrestle on, on Saturday nights? But I guess the same would apply to <laughs> Jacqueline Hyde. How, how does one get a release to wrestle on the weekends from the sanitarium? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know I had a, a vignette that was recently released with me and David, David and I, where... So, yeah, and it had been explained before that he, you know, that I was lucky to be taken out of sanitarium to come and wrestle. And as long as I was on my best behavior and escorted by a nurse or doctor or both, that I would be all right to wrestle because it looked like one time or during that recently added vignette that David McLean had escorted me out and uh i that one i have to probably revisit because i haven't seen that vignette as much well it's not so much a vignette but this weird little interview with david mclean as i you know after i left the hospital getting ready for a match but yeah i mean it was basically as long as i'm on my best behavior and i was allowed to wrestle you know that that would have made a lot more sense if i had heard that (laughs) 
if, if somewhere, I mean, I did, I do remember him saying something along the lines like, "I, you know, I signed a release for it," or you know, something, something like that. But, <laughs> but the way you just explained it there, I mean, like, okay, I was like, well, as long as I'm on my best behavior and I have the accompaniment of a doctor or a nurse or both, and this, that, this, that, and the other, I was like that. It's about as plausible and implausible world as you could possibly as you could possibly believe. That 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 makes sense. Yeah, and I hadn't remembered up until when you just mentioned it that that some of them are that in a way WoW has some cartoon like like the this you know and and in a way that's fun and I almost think it's helps it because you, you know. Uh, we're, actually, the show was really high on the Nielsen ratings at the time, and then uh, I don't know that I'll go off in other uncharted territory to say what happened of its pulling down. I'm sure you've already heard some of the elements and mystery there I, I because have. it was a. Sh- okay, good, good. And, and, um, and we'll go into that a little. You know, I, I'll put. I will explain my theory behind that uh, when we get down to that point. Because uh, you know, okay. I, I know a lot. That first off, you know, there's always uh, some reports that exist online, especially at this point, because you know you got Wikipedia and things like that. And uh, yes, there 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 are assumptions as to what exactly took place. Uh, none of that, to the best of my knowledge, has been officially verified with the company. So it's all kind of hearsay, but I, I will add my two cents into that uh, in, in a moment. Um, but we have to go you know, into one of the things that I noticed while watching the matches going into review. Uh, the top rope didn't seem like it was the best friend of Jacqueline Hyde. Uh, there, there was a, a couple, of, couple of efforts climbing to the top and Jacqueline just kind of crashed and burned on, on all on all accounts. Uh, what, what was she thinking? You know, why, why, why was she convinced that the top rope this time is going to be the time that it's going to work? Um, I liked it. I liked the feeling of flying through the air. Ah. Um, and I still feel like it was my best friend, <laughs> though you maintain, yeah, the nobody home. Um, yeah, I know the, some of those girls got sneaky and rolled out of it. And so then it wasn't my best friend when I didn't have, you know, able to land on them and conquer. But, uh, you know, it still was fun. So maybe in a sense, you're right. It wasn't always my best friend, you know, but gave it my best shot. And I, I would do it again, launch from the, the top. <laughs> Okay. Uh, here's one thing that a lot of us outside of uh, WoW are, are not really aware of. I mean, for the most part, it's kind of viewed as a television show, or at least more a television show than just a flat-out wrestling promotion. Uh, but there's still the, the effort of work and training and stuff like that. However, how much time would you say from the point where you were cast to the actual, all right, guys, we're going on air. Would you say you had before it was time to, it was showtime, you know? Like, how, how much training went into WoW and how much went into the preparation of creating a match? 
Um, I would say that we had, I think it was at least, you know, for each episode, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I think there was at least a good month. Sometimes, yeah, it seemed like four to six weeks sometimes, sometimes a little shorter than that or less time. And so there was a good prep time. Um, there were a lot of episodes filmed in a day. I don't know if that you knew that we a lot of often blocked a whole Saturday. Yes. For yes, so um, I feel like it was a good amount of time. And so if if I felt that that was enough time, I'm sure someone that was more experienced with gymnastics and had a little more of a direct background would have felt that was a, a good enough time. Um, there were some nerves, sure. I, I remember it, experiencing some type of nervousness and nerves, but I think it was a good amount of time. I would say probably at least a few weeks, um, you know, knowing what to do. And obviously some people had a lot of dialogue um, or some dialogue, but I, like I mentioned a little while ago, I decided to throw some in for myself here and there. Okay. Well, now I bring that up because uh, I know I, I had this conversation uh, quite possibly with uh, uh, Eric Porter. I think we, we had talked about it. And for those who don't know Eric Porter's Jungle Girl, uh, we had talked about it when I had spoke with her. And a quick plug for me, if you hadn't heard that interview, go into the uh, archives either on uh, Podbean, search out WPN, and uh, you can find that MP3, or you can go to YouTube and you can uh, search it out there. But it's, it's a good interview, and uh, we talked about some of the the intricacies, if you will, behind that. And one of the things that she kind of relayed to me is that uh, when she – crossed over into doing the independent wrestling scene for the time that she did it. And it she had the benefit of perspective on both sides of the fence now and kind of felt like while prepared her physically and gave her, you know, the, the, the starting ground for, okay, this is what you do, this is how you take a bump, this, so on and so forth. But she wasn't really taught the hows, the, I mean, the, the why. Like, why are you doing this? How do you sell? Am I supposed to keep holding my arm for a lengthy period of time? I was like, he's hurt, you know, things like the psychology necessarily behind it. Um, behind that, I would say it, it was almost like an unfair situation that a lot of you guys faced. And, and that, okay, let's say that it was six weeks. And inside of six weeks, you got to be you got to be trained. You got to be prepared. You got to go through the crash course of wrestling. And now you're on national television. Did it feel like it was a, a task? To, I know you said it was some nerves, but did it feel like it was like, man, okay, we got to get this stuff together because we're going to be on national television inside like a month. Okay. Um, well, the whole thing was that it was almost an entire summer okay. before, of say, from the initial training. You know, when, I mean, they were still weeding people out, though, and say at the beginning of the summer to even half the summer in. Because I remember the official training started in June of 2000. And so, as you know, we weren't on TV until, you know, the fall when 
that stuff begins. June, July, August. Yeah. So August, September, wait a moment. Because I know, well, mine was slated, the first one, for Halloween. But that doesn't mean, you know what I mean? Like, it could have, it probably was taped uh, almost a month or a few weeks before Halloween. So whether the first episode started coming out in August or September, I'm not 100% sure. So, yeah, in a sense, we had the whole summer of training and then going into characters training and choreography and, and knowing to wrestle. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I mean, it, I can see some of that sentiment that if it was fast. And so if we're armed with the knowing of the, all the basic moves of taking the fall and flying through the air and, and things like that, but we know we're going to be on TV and it's going to be national and, you know, and that's a lot of pressure. And maybe some of the girls that have a longer duration with some of the on the road experiences or just at big, big other little venues here and there, they are working in a way from inside out. And I, you know, I've seen clips from different leagues over the years and they're doing some pretty tough stuff. Some of those people in lesser known leagues, man, props, my hat's off to some of these, women you know some of the clips you present on the web on your facebook and you know that you've got are like wow this girl's really putting herself out there but but you're right with what what you've just mentioned that it was it was pretty fast i'm outside of the you know prepping over the the summer because some of it we weren't thrown in immediately yet it was a kind of a build-up to the prepping some girls got weeded out we started out small, and then it led up to bigger moves in yeah. the summer, right? Yeah. Now, now here I'm yeah. going to go back to what I said earlier about Jacqueline being a bit of Teflon. Here's another point where I felt like there was an advantage with the Jacqueline Hyde persona that most of the other girls did not. Again, portraying the role of being out of your mind presented a character where you didn't have to be technically sound. You could literally <laughs> walk into the ring, scream, punch, and kick, and it, and it would be believable because this woman's crazy. She's not supposed to be uh, a technician. She's not supposed to be smooth. You know? So, so again, there's like, I know you say, well, some people are uh, gifted and, and really good and gymnastics going in and had a certain amount of athletic background uh, you pointed to Becky the Farmer's daughter specifically and yes she was very good at it but in that kind of character you almost have to be <laughs> you know because yeah. that, if she didn't have that then what value does the Farmer's daughter carry whereas Jacqueline High You're right. was essentially just off the rails and didn't have to yeah, I see what you mean, because if I know some of my wrestling moves were better than others, and I cringe at one, I won't, maybe I shouldn't name the one that I cringe at of one of my wrestling moves that really, if I look at it now, I think even now, as long as I got back into that type of wrestling, or duh, that, that wrestling, to, to got back into it, I think I could actually execute the Jacqueline splitter better now 
than I did then. And I cringe seeing my Jacqueline Twitter, which is sort of a renamed Diamond Dallas Diamond Dallas Diamond Cutter, yeah. Yes. And so I cringe because I know I didn't have enough air with it at all. And that's not to say in other places, you know, I did have a good amount of lift up. But with that, I'm like, oh, my God. Uh. But, yeah, Becky's <laughs> farmer's daughter, wow. You know, some of, you know, I think something might have gone wrong during our match. But I know you said it for later. But, but yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, because there were a few times where I feel like, oh, I kind of messed up or something went awry during the match. But in a weird, weird-ass way, it worked out to my advantage oh yeah and and you know you also built dealing with the benefit of a a taped environment so i mean i would imagine that if it was too drastic a mess up it wasn't going to make air i mean that, that's just my guess exactly yeah you're you're on the ball there okay but yeah i mean i, I get what you're saying but in, and i think that kind of reinforces what erica was saying and that uh you know, you, you start to you start to learn the why, like you know that you knowing now what you if you knew then what you know now, like you know what I could have got some more air on that and made it look more impactful, and then it would have been a real kick-ass finish, you know, when I hit the Jacqueline Splitter, you know. But I'm yeah. sure at the time you weren't thinking about that, <laughs> you know, you was just thinking to hit the move. Yeah. That, that move, I guess I didn't have, I might not have had enough time because I don't think that I got that finishing move until later. That didn't come out for my first few matches. Yeah, that was incorporated later. Hey, we got you the Jacqueline splitter. <laughs> so, you well, know, it was newer for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if I, let me look at my notes. I don't think that uh, that started to appear until the gosh wow looks like the last two episodes the last two appearances when when the Jacqueline Spitter uh came out so yeah yeah it, it didn't you he got didn't have much notes. with it at all <laughs> yeah, he didn't have a lot of time with it to, to really grow with it you got good notes <laughs> i try you you've you seen my facebook you know, a cheap plug for me you've seen the, my facebook page dude Women's Pro Wrestling Network, and I, I try my best to, to be as thorough as I can. And we're going to go yeah. through um, the appearances of Jacqueline Hyde, uh, just briefly, and, and I'm not going to go, you know, just tell me what you kind of remember about it if you if uh, I strike something up. But it, it looks like okay. the first episode that Jacqueline Hyde appeared in was uh, episode four, and it was Jacqueline Hyde versus Boom Boom, where... You, uh, or I should say Jacqueline, defeated Boom Boom after smacking her in the head with a pumpkin. You got it. <laughs> I love that match. <laughs> you, 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 you love that one. Is it because that you used Yeah, I do. That, and just it was, I like that when I first got out there, I got to scream and blame the whole world for, I mean, I think it's more specifically Boom Boom. But when I look at it, I really feel like that was, I was channeling my inner self and it was partially a bad attitude at the time of trying to blame the world for my plight of sorts because I look at, you know, I point, my finger goes everywhere around the stadium. I want you all 
to feel my pain, you know. And so I, I did, I was happy to be able to address the audience, the world on my first, you know, coming out to wrestle. But yeah, I just, I liked what I got to do during the match. Even the crazy jumping on Boom Boom's back, which was like very, you know, I guess it might be one of the worst things a wrestler could do, <laughs> you know, which would be completely unheard of for Terry Gold or Becky or, or Caged Heat. I guess that was okay for me to jump on a woman's back and start screaming and ah, at the top of my lungs, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, I think we've established it. You know, that that was the advantage of being Jacqueline Hyde is that things like that could be done without really having the, the need to explain it. You can go, you know, <laughs> exactly. You can just do the, the crazy bit. And whatever off-the-wall things that came to mind, you could always pass it off as that. <laughs> that, that was the, that was the uh, relative advantage that you had in that environment. That you could always pass it off as, okay, she was, she was just crazy. Cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> so, so in that one, we had Jacqueline, and she, she wins the first match using a... a, a Foreign object using the pumpkin the the smack uh, her opponent in the head. Uh, we also had, uh, if I remember correctly, I think you came out a little bit different than what you would come out later on. The the uh, the entrance with the first show was that you were brought out on a gurney, opposed to walking. Yes. Now, okay. So why yes. why did that not continue? It was was it like okay, look, I don't want to do the walk. Was there anything behind that, or was it just, you know, let's try something else? Um, yeah, I don't know that they formally said we're going to try something else, because I think that the first time that was more of an unveiling, you know, because obviously that's the first time the vignette's going to come up. And the vignette came up every time with me, but since that was my first time and my introduction as a character, I feel like I don't want to... I don't think they necessarily have the time or the wherewithal to do it every single time. And maybe they even realized it'd be better for me after that. It was more effective to do it one time. Now, they didn't convey this to me. This is just my now aftersight that as, you know, since I've done a little production myself over the years and writing that I don't think it would have been effective to do it every time it would have dumbed it down because that for the first time that was brilliant you know maybe i was brought out as a broken woman and it's symbolic that over time i was less broken i could start to come out on both my feet <laughs> you know okay yeah whether it's just a mannequin head or the doll destiny and I've got to find Destiny. She's somewhere around here in my boxes. And I, oh, yeah, yeah, I got to dig her out. I still have her, and she's still garishly attired with garish makeup. So so the, so they didn't provide you that prop. You you brought your own props to the thing. You, you said, hey, I got a doll. I just bring it myself. 
Exactly. I might have given the heads up that, hey, you know, let me bring this. And I mm-hmm. I don't know that I did it out of the blue. I, I probably, you know, for all my social anxiety back then, I still, I give myself a lot of kudos that I still was bold enough to think of things and to be a little bit risk, to take some risks. So I, I am happy that I still took risks despite some of my anxiety at the time and not being able to communicate in the real world. I was able to communicate in the crazy world <laughs> or with <laughs> autistic people and my crazy friends in my personal life. But with uh, with the ladies there, there were only a, a handful that I really, really uh, clicked well with. Like I loved Cage Heat and um, uh, some of the other heels were pretty cool. And I liked, I went jogging with Femisha and uh, Summer, or what was that, Beach Patrol Bobby. I remember the, me and Beach, uh, Bobby and, and um, no, it wasn't Femisha. It was, um, I went jogging with, yeah, we uh, so we went jogging through the the cemetery nearby. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. Well, that fits Jacqueline High's uh, character. And, and for those that are wondering, like, who's she talking about when she says for me, she, she's talking about Slam Dunk. Yeah. Oh, no. I was his real name. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and she actually lives nearby me. I think she lives nearby me. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, I, I don't think they're the going to track her down over that at least i hope not it's, it's, i hope not too no nah, i don't think it's, <laughs> i don't think you're gonna get i apologize to to danny's agency i think she's with an agent nearby because she lives near phoenix well you're not uh, uh, slam dunk that well, see now you, you give the agency you can make it easy for people to find her now so anyway, yeah 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 we, we won't we won't <laughs> go off into that we'll we'll, we'll move on uh, second appearance, okay. episode nine, which was uh, Caliente, who, de- who we talked about a little bit earlier, and she defeats Jacqueline Hyde by submission, although the submission is unclear because as uh, the referee is checking, because uh, I know for wrestling fans listening to this, it's common for the submission to be kind of a display and tap out these days, but of course, for those that didn't know, verbal submission was the thing to do back then, so Jacqueline was being asked by the ref, and she was constantly switching between yes and no, uh, so the referee didn't know what to do, and just by the fourth or fifth switch, he just said, screw it, she gave up. <laughs> I mean, uh, is that how yeah. you recall that? Yeah, I do. I hadn't recalled that at the time. Or, you know, after that, it had to be more, I mean, non or verbally wouldn't have counted. But, yeah, it was it was a little frustrating, too, for on my end, because obviously I didn't want to I didn't want to give up the hell with that. But, you know, so in, in a sense, though, it's a good memory because I didn't actually get my my ass handed to me. It was more like, okay, I'm up in the air, and I'm going to have a crazy moment of going yes, no, yes, no. And obviously, you know, being up there like that isn't the most comfortable position to stay in for forever. No. But um, that that's also, to me, I'd like to attempt that one again to just make sure I can still get on up there. Just got to find a girl to, to do that up. with. But 
Now, you know, you you were in that, and I, I should, I guess, make it clear if they go back and watch this. It's not like you would have been able to tap out anyway, uh, considering that your hands and legs were locked up. I, I believe, if, if I remember my holes correctly, you were locked in uh, what used to be a bow and arrow hole. Uh, so there, there would have been no tapping out to begin with as it related to that. But So that goes down as a, a checkoff in the, the loss column for, for Jacqueline High. But again, that was that was a uh, kind of a, uh, a, a, a finish that was left up in the air. It was kind of open-ended, if you will. Was that something that you were told to do when when you left to go do the match? Did they say, "Hey, when you get when you submit, this is what we want you to do," or you know, did you just come up with that on your own? How how did that come about? Oh, for that, um, yes, for that. Yeah, it was. Now, I guess it's it's after the fact, and we're not under any contract. I think at the time they worried that, you know, obviously the kids that. We're not supposed to, oh, that's scripted or anything, you know, that's wrong, and you get in trouble during the time, but I suppose now there's no trouble, and, you know, nobody here, well, some people are kids, but, yeah, I mean, I know I, I'm i not worried about it. I've got enough great things happening in my life, and I know so do you. Oh, yeah. So, you know, if I see David McLean on the street and he wants to scowl at me, so be it. But yeah, I believe that I was directed in a sense to be up in the air like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's an analogy too, right? So yeah, it was more of a, a direction. Um, but I get, definitely give props to Caliente. Um, I think she did very well and I know with that match for sure in that episode, I I don't know if I say something here, but I, I after that episode, which included other girls as well, I don't remember which matches, but I'd love to find out. So I have to, but anyway, I heard producers whispering that that episode was a smash hit. Ah. Isn't that great? Yeah, <laughs> it was it was a, a nice thing to walk by. I was walking by, and you know how sometimes it helps to be the quiet one. Back yes. then, I was the quiet one, and I'm walking by, and Dave McLean wasn't with these guys, but it was sort of a little, you know, a table where I hear them conversation, and I heard them saying, "Oh, episode so and so," and that was the one where, or me, Caliente, and other a few other girls, they were like, "Oh, that was a smash hit." And I'm like, yeah. And I remember telling her, she's like, she's like, that's episode win. You know, it was like, yeah, we stuck the lotto. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but anyway, a little pat on the back there. I don't know if that was a bad thing. Nice. But, um, it's, come on. Man. <laughs> yes, you deserve a pat on the back. And I, I can't imagine why anybody would hold right to that now. I mean, that's what, uh, again, the, the original episode aired. 2000 so i mean come on yeah and okay yeah so, exactly so here you know if you want the uh the full run of that episode was ice cold and poison versus Farrah, the persian princess in paradise with ice cold and poison going over caliente versus jacqueline hyde we just talked about that one uh one half of uh harley's angels charlie davidson versus selena majors i think we all know who would have won that it was selena majors 
Uh, Lana Starr and Patty Pizzazz were her, her new uh, sidekick versus Roxy Powers and Tanya, the warrior woman. And uh, again, I don't think it's any big surprise that Lana Starr and Pizzazz went over there. And then the uh, championship match, Mystery versus Terry Gold. Also, not surprised Terry Gold won the match. So that, so I guess that was a pretty highly rated episode, episode nine, and that's probably around the time that the uh, the buzz was kind of kicking in for a while, and, and the uh, the tennis was picking up a little bit, and more more eyes were getting onto the product. Um, so we we'll go over to episode thirteen, which is the third appearance of Jacqueline Hyde, which is against her nemesis Becky the Farmer's daughter, and. Uh, she defeats Jacqueline with a top rope splash, but the, the only uh, note that I put in for this match was it, you know, it felt a little bit like just, I don't maybe a throwaway is, is the wrong term, but it certainly felt like the match was basically the setup for Becky versus Jungle Girl opposed to forwarding anything with Jacqueline, because once, once the match was over, Jacqueline Hyde kind of rolls out of the ring, and then Becky gets on the microphone, and blah blah blah. And then Jungle Girl comes out, and ah, oh, I got the best splash. No, I do, and you know, so it it really didn't feel like it served anything in this in Jacqueline Hyde's path. It just felt like it was more. Let's get this match. Let's get Becky over. Let's give her a win, and let's set her up for the pay per view. That that that's my assessment. I I feel that way with a lot of the the baby faces as they called them that I mean not just her but I feel like I helped to set them up for better light to oh look they beat me you know which whatever you know on the street be different oh did I just say that okay it was a long time since and that was unfair and that was just but yeah I I, I hadn't recalled that that was right <laughs> excuse me before the pay-per-view but in a way yeah and I don't know I, I agree with what you're saying that it might have helped to set that up, but I don't know if you know, but something went wrong during that match. Uh, which match are we during, talking about? The uh, with your, Becky. Okay, so is that something that you want to share? <laughs> you brought it up now. Um, and, and this yeah, is I don't think it's 13. anything wrong. After everything, we're, we shattered some twelve-year-old's dream, or I did when I said that. <laughs> I got, you know, directed here or there to, oh, well, you, you know, beat her. So, yeah, uh, so, yeah, but I, act, I, there was a fancier move for me in that, that I screwed up during the match with Becky. Ah. That, and this was toward the beginning of the match, and actually, if you watch it, you'll hear that it wasn't a smooth edit from one of the announcers that he, you you would actually hear it like he's like you you hear it because it's not a smooth cut vocally i don't think that they cut that video editing that they that it it ended up being smooth with video but and i don't remember the name of the move i screwed up but it was toward the beginning and it was a major one for me without a gymnastics background that move was something else and instead of, I think I was supposed to catch Becky's legs, and I was supposed to somersault within them, and as I'm somersaulting or sticking my head between her legs, she's supposed to stand in her arms 
and flopped me the heck way over. But instead of catching her legs that well and somersaulting through them to be lifted into the air, my butt went down to the ring. Oh. So. <laughs> so I don't know if – I mean, that's toward the beginning. I don't know if I pulled a major faux pas saying that. But um, that – it should be noticeable because it's toward the beginning where – I end up falling on my butt, and that was where there was a major, and I, it didn't really impact it adversely. I remember being really upset after the match, but during the match, when I look at it, it might have actually helped me, because I actually was under the firm belief through most of that match, and when I watch it, I can see that, but it actually gave me, it added fuel. Like I thought I was going to be fired. Fired. I really 100% like I'm going to get fired right after this match. And when I look at it, there's a crazy look in my eyes. I kind of look like I don't give a. Am I allowed to cuss? Yeah, you can go ahead. Go ahead. I look like. Let it go. Yeah, like I don't give a shit. Like, mm-hmm. And then it helped me because I'm sitting there like this crazy look in my eyes, kind of liberated. Maybe I was felt relieved that I was gonna possibly get fired, and the and it helped to actually give me a little bit of freedom of movement. After I threw her out of the ring, there's a wild look in my eye, kind of like, like, you know, it, it, it was one of a, like a breaking point, like it was for acting, for actually just my myself or something so it, it actually worked in my favor maybe what you said a few beats ago here about me losing that in a way weird way ended up winning okay so, so he gave on, on the uh the the inside you know taking we're, we're talking about vanya not the character here but on the inside you feeling like you oh man i just messed this thing up it drove you to like I, I got to make this right, basically. So so you kicked it into gear and uh, pushed that pushed yourself in the match further than you probably would have had you executed the move properly to begin with. Is, it, is that where you uh, you coming from? I, I think psycho psychologically or on a subconscious level, mm-hmm. that's what happened without me knowing it because. During the match, I really felt like, oh, you're screw up, you're going to get fired, like when I was in present time. But when I look at the match after I screwed the move up, it actually helped me. I, I looked liberated. That was some of the best acting or character that I've seen. Like, I'm just, I'm finally coming into my own as a wrestler. Like, this isn't just me getting off the gurney and going, I want you all to feel my pain. It's, I was actually living in the moment, finally, because screwing up that move actually liberated me. So when I see that, I was like, wow, I had one of my first real moments. And then after that match, I actually, for the first time ever, I was actually really upset backstage sitting on a director's chair. And I saw Becky and she actually was like, whoa, 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 you're you're fine, and, you know, I shouldn't say, but we actually connected for for real. Mm-hmm. Like, she was surprised to actually see me for the first time I actually 
looked really upset. Like I was like, oh, this is it. S me. Oh. And, you know. <laughs> okay. Not, give any bad things up here. Not, no, you're fine. Not, okay, so as you were talking about that, again, I, I, I'm going to reiterate for those that are uh, listening and are curious about what she's talking about. Uh, let me. I got to make a small correction. I put on my notes episode 13. Actually, episode 13 is like a year in review for a while. So uh, it's episode 14 that you're looking for. So and that is on YouTube, by the way. The imagine this entire. So you episode to, 14 is with Becky. Episode Sorry. 14. And that's uh, for okay. those that's All looking. Right. You go Wild Women Wrestling episode 14, and you can just put Becky the Farmer's Daughter versus Jacqueline Hyde, and you'll see it. Uh, and what you're talking about, I'm going to assume, takes place about five minutes into the video. You, there's a cartwheel where she comes over and she locks her legs around your waist after doing a complete flip. And then I, I guess the force of that kind of shoved you down. That's about five minutes, yeah. and ten seconds into it. And uh I, I assume that at that point, whatever move it was, the the improvisation was she just went for the pin so that it wouldn't uh, come off as an issue. Is that that uh? Yeah. Okay. So all right. So, so I got, yeah, got a good good assessment there, and and that's some new information because I I don't know if I would have picked out that okay did she kind of messed that up or anything like that at, at that point I just saw you toss her out of the ring so you know here I am watching this as I'm talking to you uh, but I do also you know there was one note that I did put down on here and this is just on the, uh, the my nitpicking wrestling side Becky was supposed to have been the baby face here but for some reason she attacks before the bell I was like I what, like, what did that happen for because Jacqueline Hyde, as far as I knew, was was the heel in the situation. She's the one that people are supposed to boo. But Becky's doing essentially a bad guy tactic. Before that bell even rings, before Jacqueline Hyde is ready, she charges across the ring and drop kicks her in the, in the chest. So you're saying Becky, the farmer, she acted as a heel during that match? Well, her opening... Her opening salvo, if you will, was a heelish maneuver. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> that just means that she was scared. <laughs> okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll take that. I, I'll take that. If that's the explanation, I will, I will go with that. See, she was scared of what she was dealing with. So, so now, she had to act as a heel. <laughs> well, well, you know, now technically she didn't act that way. You know, she just, like I said, that it was that one move. I don't know why, but she just decided that okay, before this bell rings, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Jacqueline down, and that's what she did. She charged across and bam, just hit you with a dropkick. <laughs> well, she's supposed to be the good girl. She's supposed to wait for the bell to ring and fair play and all that good stuff like that. But that didn't happen. But that's neither here nor there. Uh. So what was that? That was your, your third appearance. The fourth appearance, episode 18, which is the pay-per-view pre-show. And the opponent this week, or this episode, is Hammerin' Heather Steele. 
You, yeah. Do you have any uh, any recollection of that match? Because the uh, the match finishes with uh, Heather Steele scooping in a, a power slam and uh, nailing nailing Jacqueline and getting the quick pin. But the note here that I have here is that uh, previous to the to the power slam that Heather Steele hits, Jacqueline nails the Jacqueline splitter. And I think at the time yes. they called it, oh, it's a running netbreaker or something like that. But it was the it was the Jacqueline splitter, and goes for the pin. But Heather gets her foot on the ropes, and uh, that that's what kind of causes the loss in this particular instance. Is that thinking that she had won the match, she gets up, and the referee said, no, no, you didn't win. And then you know you turn around and, get, and you catch a, a power slam, and and that's that. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> that was BS. <laughs> well, I'll say not. And the last I mean, thing, that was. Yeah, the last thing that happens there is that the referee gets attacked for making that call. <laughs> you kind of go off and like I, I guess upset that you know you didn't you didn't count it when I hit it when I had to pin, and uh, you're gonna have to pay for it. So the referee basically had to take a bump in this. Because otherwise, Jacqueline would have won. Is that, is that your your recollection here? Do you, do you recall any of that good stuff? I do, yeah. I mean, I, I think some great, great things happened during that match. Mm-hmm. I think with that one is when I took down both Hammer and Heather and the and the referee at the same time. I <clears throat> I think that happened at that match, that I kicked them down at the... It might have been another one. Uh, oh. But anyway, yeah, it that was a fun match. That was one of my shortest, I thought, with Hammer and Heather. So yeah, maybe I didn't have the... So. Yeah, I didn't have the processing time to beat her ass. <laughs> so if I'd had a little longer, that would have happened. And that takedown with her leg, that she took me down in such a simple maneuver was so unfair completely <laughs> besides the fact that what is she 411 yeah she, she's she's <laughs> she's she's a short girl but but again you know i want to reiterate and make it's that's episode 19 you, you find that easy uh the, the finish there jacqueline sends heather into the ropes which is the setup for the the jacqueline splitter she hits that has her down ready for the pin but but steel gets the foot on the rope which of course the referee's like, hey, no, I can't count. As you assume that you've already won, <laughs> and once you get up and you turn around, and then you get caught with a power slam and get pinned. Now Jacqueline is pissed that she lost, and seemingly the the victory was cheated. You know, she she got cheated from her win, and you go off on the referee, you jump on his back, you you, you know screaming in his ear, and and then when you get flipped <laughs> off on the referee, catch him with a a, 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 a Jacqueline Splitter, so he catches one too, and you're just going nuts outside the ring. And, and the, I, I think that's Sarah Bellum that comes in to try to calm you down. And all right, we got to get you out of here. You know that that is the uh, the way that that match went down. So that was it was short, but it was a fun match. You know, <laughs> clearly you got, you got a lot of uh, showtime in there, which is again why I said earlier Jacqueline felt a little bit like Teflon, where the loss happened. 
But what do you remember in that match? You remember Jacqueline <laughs> nailing the referee. Good point. And you're stirring up great memories. I hadn't remembered about how after with Hammer that I also got him in a splitter so that, hey, you know, even if I feel my splitter wasn't the best technique back then, I still was able to, to get the referee in that. And that's great. Because that was an amazing referee. Yeah, he, he took bump out the bump amazing. out the bump. Oh, there's a mythic, well, it wasn't mythic, but it's, there was one time he landed so hard on the cement with his back that everyone was buzzing about it. Like, oh my God, the whole audience, the whole stadium heard his back falling on the cement. It was crazy. That guy was like a human rag doll. Yeah, he, he did way more than I would ever do. I mean, that that's for damn sure. Uh, I, before I go to the next episode here, I will say, I know you had some issues with like, man, I wish I could have did that split better. But I will say of the ones that I had seen, the the one that you popped the referee with, that was probably the best one that you performed that, that, that I saw. So you know, Oh, he, with the hammering match? Yeah, if you go back at the end of that match where you, where you get off the referee's back and you pop him, you flip over, you grab him behind the neck, and then you just jump up and, and pop him with it. You go back and check that out. You know, so I, I think that one, because there was no running start. I know normally the, the setup for the Jacqueline Splitter is, let me toss him in, I'll run off to the ropes, and I'll get a running start, and I'll catch him. But there's no running start with that. It's just a flip over, and I got my arms already in place, and I'm just going to jump back up, and boom. So I think that was probably okay. the best performance yeah. of that particular move that you uh, that you had, if that helps you any. So I think after episode okay. 18, which was the pre-show, we go into the actual pay-per-view, which is uh, Randy Rara and, uh, of course, Jacqueline Hyde, which was uh, lost was by a pinfall following a cross-body block from the second rope. And, you know, my, my note that I put down here is that this is, a, again, essentially kind of a, a setup or, or filler because Ra-Ra, at this point, the storyline is heading towards a lot of star feud. So, you know, Jacqueline is kind of just in route of that, it, it, it appears. And I, I think that was the first match of the pay-per-view. And, uh, you know, that... Relatively short. I think about two minutes, two and a half minutes or so. Yeah, it was. But yeah, it was definitely good to have her back to kick some ass and be kicked by her. Because I don't know if you know, but she just come back from, I believe, Japan. Oh, from that... she was a dancer. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't know. Really? What, I knew she was written off of TV. Like that much, I, I know in television the story was she. Uh, Lana did something and it damaged her eye. I forget, like maybe spray some chemicals in her face or something like that. And then she was gone. So, so I, I, no, I didn't know that she was a dancer and that she had gone off to Japan or you know whatever the case may be. But I guess there's always a yeah. reason to write somebody off of television. Yeah. So all good things. Uh oh, did I do some more spoilers? No. no I hope no. there's no ten year olds out there that are crying. No. Or former 10-year-olds. You say, shattered my dream. At this point, I, I, I can tell you now that most of them appreciate and like hearing this stuff because 
you can hear backstage stuff about every other wrestling promotion in the world practically but it's not a lot of stuff not, not a lot of information floating around about wow up until i came along actually so there we go <laughs> Again, <laughs> another pat on the back for me uh before I go to the final appearance of Jacqueline Hyde, what were your memories of the Wild Unleashed pay-per-view? And, uh, and I know uh, before you begin, uh, let's just go ahead and put it out there, or at least I am, that I know the pay-per-view has taken some flack uh, about the presentation, technical problems, this, that, and the other, but what were your personal memories towards the pay-per-view? Um, you know, there was a lot of build-up for that. There was a lot of nerves because it was Slated to be a very big deal, you know. Pay per views are are a big deal, um, so there was a lot of prepping for it. Um, there was a lot of, I guess, ego too. I know that. I guess what the big controversy or thing was that there was a lot of blood, which with some of the two bigger former stars, which you probably know about, right? That. They had a lot of a bloodshed, which I guess some of the people audience were upset about. Uh, okay. Oh, they were? Okay. No, I, I mean, I know who you're talking about. They, that would have to be the main event, which is uh, uh, Selena Majors and Doug, formerly known as Bambi and Peggy Lee Leather. So, yeah. 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 But I suppose because they didn't want us to look like ECW, and that, you know, that... I guess she bled a lot or Selena incurred an injury um, maybe to her face or head and there was a measure of blood and and yes. um, I suppose that was a bad thing too because of uh, I think there was a few people in the audience upset about it the amount of blood and that maybe there was some kids there and stuff and um it rattled maybe some nerves and um i hadn't also seen a lot of that myself i'd seen some ecw around that time that got that violent and bloody and things and um i suppose that their match took on a life for of its own in a sense too i don't know i don't know what their whole deal was but I know that the fight seemed to go on for longer than we'd anticipated. Like they, you know, seemed to be fighting out on the pavement of the, the lot and outside of the ring, you know, it, it took on a life of its own. And so, um, other than that, I don't know a lot about it. I know some people were upset after the fact, um, have you heard more about it than than what I'm saying? Uh, no, I actually haven't. I mean, the, the, I think that there were a few criticisms from other, I guess, wrestling journalism sites and uh, fans uh, as far as that, um, as far as that show was concerned, and, and that match in particular. I don't think they necessarily had, uh, at least on the wrestling side, a problem with the the blood. I can understand the pay-per-view company having a problem with it because, you know, they, they're still trying to present, a, 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 I guess, a reasonable product, and their name is attached to it even if as a partner. So I can get that, but I hadn't heard that specifically. The, the two things that I, that I got now, that, that 
and I was going to ask you about it. And I'm sure this is, <laughs> you probably weren't in the room when, when this was commissioned or anything like that, but that cage was ridiculously huge. I mean, it was larger than the cages that any other promotion I've ever seen use. ECW, WCW, WWF, WWE now. But it was it was so tall. And, it, I mean, tall enough to the point where it looked as if it kind of, I mean, it, it provided a, a big bump for the ref who's trying to get out the ring at the end, climbs all the way. I mean, that dude was fearless, and he deserves some credit just for that. Um but I, but it seemed like it was a little high, and, and probably a little too high because by the time he got over, I, I got the impression that the spot was supposed to be. Selena Majors comes up and she gets to the top and she knocks him off, but she never really made it to the top. I think she like stopped halfway through and just shook the cage and then he fell that way. I mean, I because I can understand I wouldn't really want to climb that big monstrosity either, but that that's me. Yeah, I, I probably should revisit it because I don't remember the cage being that big. But, yeah, I suppose for women, because even our ring, as you probably are aware, was smaller than they have for a man's ring. Yes. Because men are usually you know, a little taller than women. And so it was a known thing that our actual ring was smaller. Why the heck would they bring in a cage that was super large? You, you know, now I, I don't, I wish I had a chance to fight in it. So I don't, I, I obviously would have realized, you know, that's hard, you know, to navigate through. But yeah, I mean, they obviously started in there and then the, their quarrel ended up being of epic proportions. And, um, I guess it ended up where other people are pissed off and people are bickering and, angry even after the fact and you know i guess a little shortly after that i wow was slated not to keep going so i don't know for a hundred percent sure if that was part of it um that there's a you know obviously some bad blood <laughs> excuse the pun I, I don't know if it was all pay-per-view or other specific things to take in off because I don't, if the show was that good with Nielsen ratings, and you know, I should actually verify that because I don't know that I've actually, you know, it is probably harder to find Nielsen ratings now for something, <clears throat> yay amount of time earlier, but you know, anything's trackable on the internet, but that's what they had mentioned at meetings that our Nielsen ratings were really great. And well, so with the show with Nielsen Reigns that great, why why is it, you know? Well, and I guess that that's a good time as any to kind of go off into the uh, to the theory of why. Uh, you know, uh, these are the things that kind of got pieced together from various articles and so on and so forth. Uh, well, first I want to refer back to the, the blood thing. Uh, and, I, and I know I've said it a number of times. I'm going to repeat it again is that, yes, uh, she had a she had a pretty fair amount. I mean, almost half her face is covered in her own blood here. Uh, Bambi is, or Selena Majors, whichever you want to call her. So yeah, that that might have been a bit uh, offsetting to some somebody out there. I, I can certainly see that. Uh, but as far as the um, cancellation of Wow, and and for those that are listening, this is Vanya and I kind of batting it around. 
take it with a grain of salt. You know, that this is just uh, the the um, the piece and putting the, the pieces of the puzzle together, if you will. All right, so you have this, this pay-per-view, and uh, from what I understood, the decision to have the pay-per-view was almost set, um, pr- I don't want to say prior to the show going up, but it was it, it was set before that show had a a solid run, if if that makes sense. That 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 was seemed like the first kind of issue in in my view, and that uh. TV and pay-per-view are kind of different animals. And yeah. when, when you're talking about ratings and TV, you know, that that's one thing. And that's great because you are, you have a, they had a good viewership. They had a lot of people that, that watched the show and that much is true. I mean, I, I've seen that and I've seen them say it was, it was pretty high in its markets, uh, particularly New York and LA, if I remember correctly. Uh, but one of the things that the pay-per-views, especially at that point, because, you know, I, I don't think we can undersell the point that wrestling was still relatively hot at that stage at, in 2000. Uh, it was about to change drastically, but wrestling was still hot. And when people ordered pay-per-views, they, they wanted to see essentially high-dollar matches. And I don't know if Wild was prepared yeah. for that at that time. Like he got a couple no, of diamonds were. in the rough, but I don't know if it was they were prepared to give the wrestling fan the one that's going to fork out. I don't remember how much the pay per view cost. Let's just say it cost twenty bucks. But if you're going to fork out that and and they're saying, okay, I want to see the main event, like the 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 title match probably went six minutes, and that's that's pretty short for for a, a championship match. Uh, and, and things like that, and you kind of couple that with technical issues and uh, uh, things along those lines, I believe that kind of intervened with the success of the pay-per-view, which by, uh, you know, the, the, it sounded like it started the dominoes because it, it, didn't, it didn't get a high buy rate. Uh, the reported number was about... 6,000 people uh, watching on pay-per-view at home. That's across the nation, which is about 0.03 a buy rate, which which means that you're going into the hole. Uh, so the reported cause was the low buy rate, and then, you know, uh, that, that kind of fed off into having to cancel the show. And, that, and if I had to take a guess, I would think that it sounded like they banked a lot of money on that pay-per-view needing to be successful. Hmm. Yeah. That. And I'm impressed, you know, that you don't know the buy rates and stuff because I don't know a lot about that. But you know, it does make sense. You know, like a lot of stock was put into that, and we weren't. That's what I heard. Some of what I heard later is that for a brand new TV show, relatively new show. To suddenly have a pay-per-view was was a little too preemptive, you know. It's understandable. WCWWF had a bunch of them all the time, but that, those shows had been around exactly. for a long time. They, they had a history, and they had, yeah. you know, and they, and they had also people who wrestled for years on top of years. So you knew if you paid for a pay-per-view that featured, say, a Stone Cold versus The Rock. 
uh, you knew what you were going to get. You probably were going to get at least a solid 20-minute match off of them at minimum, you know, and they were going to carry it, which which had the Wild gone, say, another six months to a year and then done the pay-per-view, that, that might have been a different issue. They, you know, Terry Gold might have been able to carry a match for 15, 20 minutes. You know, and and this is all the benefit of hindsight. And and if I if I were going to play fantasy Booker, which is you know a game that I usually play on my interviews, typically, if I were going to rewrite the clock and and uh, do a fantasy booking for a while, I would have said let's skip the pay per view and see if we can get a TV special instead, because at least that way you can get people to watch it without having to fork out the twenty bucks or. 25 or 30 dollars that it may cost you can still get a big show out of it and not have to sink in a bunch of dollars into uplink cost and getting a huge cage and trying to fill in 13 different matches which was probably a little bit overkill because some of them were short and then you know you you're once you go into pay-per-view land you're appealing you're not appealing to the casual wrestling fan anymore you're appealing to the hardcores you're appealing to the people that's willing to fork out their money to watch a wrestling show and and you know a wrestling match, not a TV show, and I think that was where the nitpicking came came from because you know it was just little things in there, and I'm sorry to talk a year off about that, but uh, sure. but uh, you know just uh, I'll make one observation like within the course of the pay per view, you had a tag team debut, but they debuted in a singles match, and that was one of the things like well why did they do that? That that's that's one of the the things that consistently gets questioned from that point out. The, the team of Law, Law and Order. Yeah, that, that, was, that was the team. The team of Nikki Law and Christy Order. But the debut of them was the debut of Nikki Law and not the team. You know, she was there. She came out with her, but, they, you know, they didn't come out as, all right, here we are, let's, let's have a tag team match. Yeah, she was so new. She was just like, bam, bam. It just one quick introduction. Like, basically, I've only just recall her now because you're mentioning it and in conjunction with, you know, that pay-per-view match. And she was the newest person but didn't really have the time to flourish. But you're saying that she should have been brought out with her team member, right? Uh, they should have. They should have come out as a tag team. I mean, and, and, yeah. and again, I say, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. If I were booking that, if if, yeah. if it were on Mr. Green to say, all right, how do we book this show? I don't know if I would have gone with 13 different matches. Somebody's going to have to sit sit this out. You know, we can't squeeze in all it because the, the end result was we we're going to have two and three minute matches and then we're moving on to the next thing. And then, you know, opposed to let's stretch it out. But, you know, that's not the here yeah. there. <laughs> You know, I will admit that I was actually relieved, not because of a physical or I'm scared of, but because of I don't want to be a part of that hot mess. I was relieved not to be in the Battle Royale. Oh, the uh, you know during that tape, yeah, with all the girls, because I just thought I'm not going to dumb down my product. Ooh, I didn't mean that anybody there was dumbed down. No, but no. obviously I had to have. Almost every woman was involved in that, but I just, I was glad that I wasn't involved in that. 
I hope that I don't sound cocky or no, anything. No, no, no. no I, I, I think you're fine. <laughs> uh, so the, the last episode to air for a while was the last episode that you appeared in. That was episode 22. And that featured uh, Jacqueline Hyde taking on Patty Pizzazz, which was basically a squash match with as Jackie or Jacqueline hits Patty three different times with the uh, the splitter to win the match. I mean, Patty had little to no fight in this, and essentially, you know that 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 put Patty down. But it also set up the reunion or the reforming of Team Spirit, which basically never happened because you know the, the show uh, went away after that but that was where it seemed like it was being set up for Did... yes uh, so yeah, that... definitely set up for that so yes the pieces were in and... place and they, and they looked like they had several storylines that were kind of uh, getting uh, getting their uh, their wheels underneath it but it just you know, like I said, it just didn't go any any further than that at this point. That, and I'm sure that that aired. It might have been taped ahead of the pay per view. I'm assuming, but it aired afterwards. I, I, I guess it, it, that that's just me. I don't yeah. know what the I don't know what the taping schedule was. But so that that happened. I mean, as far as uh, the pay per view was concerned, that happened, and then it aired one or two other episodes, and then. Uh, then while ceased production, how were you notified of of the uh, the cancellation? Um, during a meeting, like you know, I know it was a lot of emotion. There's people crying. Oh, oh, I hope that's not. I won't name who, but uh, you don't have to name names. But I, it, clearly, it was right? An and at that, yeah, there was people upset. There was one individual so upset that I think that individual quit right away. Um, and I can understand. I just, you know, someone, I actually thought, wow, you know, I'm pretty impressed that some people are that. But I don't know, you know, if they made a technical error with slating that pay-per-view too early, why some people would be that angry to to quit so maybe there was more to it than meets the eye well and that that's my perspective i I just think that it was kind of presented a little early because i mean from what i understand i mean through previous interviews and whatnot that it was it was already kind of determined that hey you know we're going on pay-per-view in february yeah and you know, right. to, to have that already set up with that—that that is really banking on this show is going to be hot. Everybody's going to want to see these yeah. angles. These angles are going to be super, and then they're going to buy off into this. And because again, and I yeah. understand wrestling was kind of a hot ticket at that point, but it—I it, I still think it needed a little bit more time to cook, you know, to to get get to yeah. where it needed to be. But you know, again, that's exactly. Not, Neither here nor there. Right. Um, yeah. So it was just during a meeting. And I mean, I think we all suspected because there was buzz. And then during a meeting, just that it was not all the, there were no numbers put out there, but we heard 
I don't know, because at that time I was terribly unsavvy with computer and stuff back then. Mm. But then I did hear rumors and stuff that WWF fans crashed our website. Like there was tens of thousands of fans that for some reason... Did you hear all that? No. No, that's new to me. Malarkey? Yeah, like, I I don't know. I can't say it's malarkey. I mean, I just never heard it. I don't know. I mean... I, mean, I never, yeah, and it's the, well, like, so our website, I don't think it, obviously that's not like where the money was, but, and I don't see why it would damage WoW, because I don't know the power of internet at that time, <laughs> but I heard some kind of rumor buzzing around the time of our cancellation that, 10,000 WWF fans crashed our website. But, yeah, I know. I don't know what (laughs) that means or if it was, that's unsubstantiated. It's just like, okay, and why would that hurt? You know, I mean, obviously it can hurt nowadays. Like I know some Hollywood movie recently did horribly or a few months ago, maybe it was last Christmas, whoops. So it did horribly because a bunch of people out of the country th- that are from or Armenia or that they they crashed. Uh, I don't know if it was they they gave it hor they didn't crash it but they gave it horrible reviews before its release. Oh. So the power of the people can, as the, is proven with sometimes movies and reviews. If a bunch of horrible reviews are suddenly put there before a movie's released, it can affect it adversely. I'm not sure about wrestling and website, but yeah, with that movie, The Promise, uh, I forgot his name, but it's Christian Bale. Like a bunch of people just gave it horrible reviews before it was released. So I don't know. That's something just I heard at that time. And then during the meeting, they're saying, unfortunately, this and that. And there's a few people crying. Um, there was a few meetings. Like, there was one a little after our match got taped. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was after it. And there was, you know, some a few people were crying. And I'm, at the time, so bottled up that I'm thinking, oh, these people are stupid for crying you know maybe i'm really living the jacqueline Hyde thing like oh my god they're stupid for crying i mean you know imagine having a you know a sad thought like that you know let people cry for god's sake but yeah there was so it was unveiled during a few meetings uh, not just one so uh, probably the full scope of it was still coming at us so to speak Okay. And it enshrouded in some amount of mystery that, you know, there's probably, unfortunately, a, few, a couple other rumors that I really would get, not necessarily wrestling blacklisted here, but maybe uh, not through the soul, but personally blacklisted <laughs> that I can't, oh, you know, well. maybe if I saw you... Saw you in person, I could whisper it in your ear, but yeah, I just, I can't do that. It wouldn't be 
fair. Well, that's so I'm, I'm sure you've heard that stuff. Uh, some, so. some, uh, but yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not going to pry and say, ah, give me the, give me the news, but or anything like that. But I mean, <laughs> on, on this timeline that we're journeying through, so you know, we've gone past the pay per view, we've gone past the episodes. Wow's canceled. You're notified in a, a couple of meetings, which I'm assuming is a couple because they're still trying to find a way to make it work. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, and and I only make that assumption because he's he seemed to have stuck by he. I mean, Dave McLean. He seems to have stuck with that thing for so long. I mean, he, he's got some variation of it up now, uh, or at least trying to. So, I mean, it's it's been kind of in and out and in and out. Um, so, so let me start with this. Did you ever consider wrestling outside of WoW? You mean afterwards? Yeah, once it was canceled, did you ever consider, you know, hey, I might want to keep doing this or... Was it just okay back to life as as normal? Yeah. Uh, afterward, I was very still. I was still wanting that dream. I was very upset and I guess doubly when I found out that a few episodes or something, not episodes, but a, a few of the girls had branched off into this or that, not necessarily with WoW, but maybe other leagues. And I was upset that I either didn't get onto that process. And it hurt me for at least a year after I was pretty upset. I didn't compete. I don't know that I knew how to reach out. I think I went to one gathering or a little party later that David was at and a few of the possible backers and then i remember having a couple girls kind of later on like oh what happened you know like whispering what happened at that party you know like wanting to know if maybe something got you know happened with a possible other backer (laughs) but no you know you know the sad thing or i don't know if it's sad is that most other girls had moved on Whereas I might, I was still hoping for the dream. And I remember calling one possible financier to find out on the status of things, but maybe calling him one too many times. And he's like, are you doing any acting work now? You know, and I don't know if that was a wake up call that, Hey, Girl, you don't got enough going in your life that you're still chasing that. And maybe that meant that really that part of the dream for his take for WoW, if he was a possible bullbacker, was not happening on his end. So I'm like, yeah, maybe by that point, a few months after, I was like, maybe I should just go back to what I wanted to do or, you know, was what I was previously doing. And it's not like all had cut off for me. I had a few short films afterward that came that helped the wow buzz was still happening. Even if we were done, I think a, a lot of it aided me in attaining a few short films or appearances after, but yeah, you know, I think that I was ambitious enough that I tried to make some appearances after like one interview with David David happened after the fact an interview that we had together 
it was just more recently released to the internet. Okay. So <laughs> he doesn't but, do um, many. What? I said he doesn't do oh, many. Oh yeah. Yeah, and that was I mean I I hate to say that I cringe a little at that final interview of me with him because it's almost, and it was maybe a month after we were done, but I feel like maybe my persona of Hyde had dwindled away because if you see that interview, and I, I send you the link later if you can't find it, but I don't think my persona was, it was hard to reach at that point because I feel like have you heard uh, the term wooden acting before? I have. Yeah. So I don't think I was living the Jacqueline Hyde that well anymore. Maybe it was subsequently having shown up to a couple of these, maybe, parquet where maybe they trying to get investor interested here or there. I don't know if I should word it like that, but hey, money talks, right? Oh, but yeah. maybe it was just after, you know, that I realized some of the people were moving on and I wasn't and I had my daily life to contend with or, you know, survival, had to survive myself. And at that point, if we're no longer in the ring, but I cringed at that interview because some of the parts just weren't me anymore. It was short and sweet, but I wasn't fully Jacqueline Hyde anymore, is what I'm saying. Okay. There was just some Vanya struggling for the character, so to speak. No. I got it you. was on the floor. Yeah, it was kind of impromptu and outside, so it wasn't like a sit down with him. We were walking. I think at that time, instead of a nurse or psych, he was my escort during that interview. So. Well, yeah, if you could share that link, I, I would love to see it. I don't know if that's a public forum for uh, the rest it of is. the listeners to kind of get to. But, yeah, if you if you share that link, then I will, I will share yeah. it with those who are listening to this now. Uh, but speaking of your life outside of WoW and moving on to short film and stuff like that, you told me that you were currently involved in the project. Well, you are cast as Madam President. That is the uh, the title that you're under. Can you tell me about that? You betcha, yeah. Uh, author and writer Joseph DeCross, excuse me, he's put out a book called Code 13. It's based on Code 13, Life as Madam President. And so he's now scripted it into a into a feature, but we're doing the trailer, parts of the trailer this weekend in New Jersey and New York. So I'll be flying to the East Coast, yo, where I was born, New York, but I'm plugged for New York. But anyway, um, I think that he is honing in, you know, unfortunately, some of the, or fortunately or unfortunately, I think a lot of people have done this since 9-11 and, you know, the terror that our country's going through with, ISIS and some of the tragic events and even was that yesterday where, you know, unfortunately more terror happened in, you know, truck plowed through 
yeah, you know, pedestrians yesterday. Oh, but wow. um, I, I think that the WTC stands for World Trade Center, but he's put that for the title WTC2 when evil forces reunite again. And it's just my uh, take is he wants to show women powerful mm-hmm. and what uh, Matt, a female president would do when possibly faced with terrorism in the country that's on the on the, the scale of 9-11, like okay. a future one, possibly. Okay. All right. That sounds good. So now uh, I'm assuming for, it, for people to stay in uh, in the loop of that being done, uh, is there a Facebook page or a Twitter account or something like that that they can kind of catch the information for that short film should they be interested, or do you want to pro- – if you don't have it, is that something that could be provided later where, I could, where it could be shared? Yeah. And, I mean, just for now, if they're just going to IMDb or Internet Movie Database, that would just – the the project's up. The title's up under my name, uh, my full name. I'm Basilica Vanya Marinkovic. My IMDb comes up with just Vanya Marinkovic. Or even if they just go to WOW Women Wrestling and they see me – down on the credits under Jacqueline Hyde and my name, they'll see that it's the first title or the freshest title on my internet movie database. I don't think it's got its own Facebook page yet, but uh, Joseph D. Cross is also an IMDb, and so WTC, when Evil Forces Reunite, has its own IMDb title page. But if it's a, you know, a diehard wrestling fan that is often looking at wrestlers and if they go to wow page so if they don't remember my full crazy name they'll see it under wow they'll see my name and then they can see the imdb i will try to remind myself to put the uh put your imdb link i'll try to make it easy for you guys out there if you if you're interested in the project i'll uh stick the imdb link in the description below on both the uh, Podbean and uh, wherever else that kind of feeds out, and, of course, the YouTube. So if you're getting the MP3 version of this or you're listening to it fresh off of YouTube, you should be able to have a link either way. Um, you get ready to, to uh, wrap this one on up. Uh, the last big question here is, WoW has come and gone in 2000 to 2001 it came again in uh, 2012 and that uh, I want to say it popped up again in 2014 2015 and they're still kind of you know up and down with it the last I heard that they they uh, gotten some some distribution or something along those lines have you ever been contacted about returning to wow and if you know if it were available, would you go back and redo the Jacqueline Hyatt character? Is that something you'd be willing to do in today's market? I would definitely be willing again. But, to be perfectly honest, I haven't been contacted. Um, now, when I, I'm not, a, you know, in any way, you know, down on that or anything. Because then I look at the reboot as well in 2012, it's only a handful of girls from the original. Yes. You got obviously Cage Heat, who are amazing at, in their own right. They're amazing. They're, it's a team that keeps going, that can keep going. Um, and they have have Lana as well, and then I think Jade 
and a couple other girls. Jungle girl. You know, she, she came but so in. I'm not. Which one? Jungle girl. Oh, right, right. Of course. So and there is no real, you know, I'm not upset because, hey, out of 30 uh, some odd girls, you know, they've got to pick maybe the strong uh, cards. And I, I learned this later that I was actually slayed as an undercard. I'm like, what the hell is an undercard person? <laughs> At first I was real butthurt. But at the same time, hey, for me, achieving a level of notoriety despite a label of undercard, that ain't so shabby. No. So I'm not, you know, exactly. So, yeah, absolutely. I would love to have another opportunity. Um, I think in some senses from what you're saying is the whole wraparound that even when I've lost, I've won, in a sense, people still, if I have the following still there, I still am that character, even if I've whispered, hey, it's enshrouded in mystery how the show went away. Ultimately, I think you are head on, though, that, hey, if there was problems with pay-per-view, really, that's the whole technicality is too soon, too fast, too much. But um, I would love it. Um, and, you know, but it's like I said, is not there at the moment. I still feel optimistic in my life. You know, I love my writing. I've got that. And then I'm, I've always wanted, and I have played leaders before. So for me to slip into Madam President, I've played the leader of the pride and the leader of the free world. It's ongoing. That was my cable access show that I was on the forefront of reality in Los Angeles. So we had our mock LA, you know, misanthropes group slash gang of people that would crash parties and and we would always end our cable access shows with a fight but always and uh you know so to me i i was kind of built to be a leader and you know maybe a leader of a misanthropes at first but i've morphed over time into a leader that's good you know uh everyone goes through having rough time in their life and we try to get you know past that so i think that's where i'm at and i i wish all the best if they'd revamp it i no matter whether i'm involved or not i want them to have the best to be the best very good yeah that's that that's that's <laughs> excellent and uh i, I think that that covers a, a huge chunk of uh, the timeline of WoW, your time in it and, and time after it. I, I certainly have to thank you for taking time of your day and your morning because I'm pretty sure it's almost noon there now. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. That, that's, <laughs> that's a, but these podcasts are You're long. You're very long, welcome. And I, and I really certainly appreciate that. And I, I want to say for the fans, I think that they appreciate it too. Uh, and of course, you know, I got to close off on and telling everybody if you're looking for these interviews and uh, matches and so on and so forth, what you want to do is you want to go to our Facebook page. If you haven't already uh, liked the page, please do go on there. You know, trying to get that thing uh, as many likes as possible. Just Women's Pro Wrestling Network. Like it, and you'll get all of the, the the content I'm putting out. There's a couple of things that are exclusive to the page, uh, a few little side interviews and whatnot that that go there and no place else. So you definitely want to uh, check in for that. Uh, if you are a a, a pod 
podcast listener, you like the MP3s, go to Podbean, go to iTunes, go to TuneIn Radio, Google Play. We are on all of those platforms. Just put in WPN. It will show up. And, of course, the biggest platform that we have, that being YouTube, is Women's Pro Wrestling Network, and you get all this good stuff like that. Go ahead and like that that uh, channel because the more people that like it, the better off it is. Ever since the adpocalypse thing, we need to have as many people that like it as possible just to kind of survive. So there we have it, folks. Vanya, thank you very much for your time <laughs> and presenting me with Jacqueline Hyde and the stories about what went on back in the day and with WoW. You have any closing uh, comments before we uh, polish this? Oh, up? yeah. Okay, yeah. I also want to thank you for have, having me on, uh, Brian. It was a pleasure. Um, I respect what you do. I think you're well informed. I think it's a, a great thing that you do. And thank you for giving me the opportunity as well. And, um, yeah, just let the world rock on and wrestling lives on, uh, apparently, for, for anyone involved, whether they're doing it now or they're doing other things. So I just want to close it off with a big shout out and a thank you. And that's it. All right. And with that, folks, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you catch the next interview and the next match and the next bit of content that we drop on our various platforms. Uh, make sure you subscribe, like, or follow on uh, whatever social media that we're on. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, so on and so forth. So, you know, that's a big help if you do that. And I think that will take care of it. So, for me, to you, and for Vanya, thank you for listening and so long, everybody. The preceding program was a production of All The Way Live. Be sure and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. It's free, and it'll keep you updated on any new releases. As always, thank you for your support. V-E-E.